Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 11.02 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 10th day of the 10th month. That's Spooktober for you. 2023. And this is the Palindrome episode 808 of Bitcoin. And I didn't come to you yesterday. No, I, I didn't do a Monday. I didn't do a Monday show. Uh, you know, I'm thinking that I might dial this back just a little bit maybe do four shows a week and here's here's the reason i've been doing this show for a very long time and it's just you know it just doesn't seem to it just i seem to be spinning my wheels and i think it's probably because i don't have enough live live guests you know or something like that i really wanted to do the news show that's what i really you know and I, and i still think that that's an important part but i'm going to have to rethink everything about this because you know i'm just it's like yes it's the bear market but for some reason or another i'm just losing listeners like left and right and i want more listeners not not less listeners so you know aside from just stating that fact that i might dial it back to like you know maybe four shows a week just for you know the time being at one point or another you know Five shows a week. Hell, I would do. I honestly, I would do six if I was, if I could. I mean, if I, if it was, if I didn't feel like I was spinning my wheels, I would have already been doing six shows a week because I love doing the show. But it needs something else. It's going to need a kick in the ass to get this thing to where that happens. So, if you guys have, like, you know. Oh, you know, uh, ideas. What is it that you guys really want? And I really need to hear. I need to know what it is that you really want. And if you're like going, you know what? I like what you do already. I don't want you to do anything else. Then at least theorize what it is that I'm not bringing to a wider audience that causes me not to have a slightly wider audience. I don't want to be famous. That's not the point. The point is you want to do something for the rest of your life. You got to figure out how to make it actually, you know, work and, you know, make some kind of money. And without that, all it, you know, it just, it doesn't really matter. You just kind of spinning your wheels and you're doing it as a hobby. And some things you just want to take it beyond just being a hobby, man. You want it to be something bigger, but with all that said, I do have a new show lined up for you because there's a couple there's a couple of things that we need to go through. And the first and the most obvious thing is that yes, I'm going to cover a little bit of the Israel Hamas Israeli Hamas conflict that's going on. But I'm not going to cover this continuously. 
I'm done with the clown show. Now, that doesn't mean that when a burning clown runs up next to you and starts throwing gasoline on your car and tries to light it on fire that you shouldn't at least take some notice. And that's what I do believe is actually going on. We've got the clowns have broken free from fucking Clown World Circus big top tent and they're running around and they're starting to spread their bullshit in other places. And I don't like that. But as it pertains to Bitcoin, you can imagine... What has happened? Decrypt and Mattis Meichler has this one entitled Israel authorities freeze Hamas linked crypto accounts on Binance. Oh, who would have guessed? Honestly, who would have guessed? My friends, here it is on Tuesday. The cyber unit of Israel's police announced its collaboration with Binance in freezing multiple cryptocurrency accounts linked to Hamas. The initiative was carried out with the Ministry of Defense, the Israeli Security Agency, and other national intelligence agencies. <coughs> it is part of measures taken following the deadly attacks carried out against Israel by Hamas since Saturday. The crypto exchange aided the Israeli authorities in pinpointing and deactivating the associated accounts let this sink in, guys. Quote, Binance, your best friends actively partner with global law enforcement agencies and regulators united in the mission to combat terror financing, a Binance spokesperson told Decrypt. Quote, over the past few days, our team has been working in real time around the clock to support ongoing efforts to combat terror financing. We're committed to ensuring the safety and security, not just of the blockchain ecosystem, but also the global community through our proactive work. End quote. These accounts, as confirmed by the police statement, were uh, set up by Hamas and have been active in fundraising through various social media platforms since Saturday. Israel's uh, police cyber unit also collaborated with British police to freeze a Barclays bank account in the UK, which Hamas had directly referred to for donations. When contacted by Decrypt for comments, representatives from the Israeli police and Barclays were unavailable for immediate response. Hamas and other terrorist groups' use of crypto isn't without precedent. Hamas first initiated a call for crypto donations in February of 2019 to dodge international sanctions. A Reuters investigation from last May highlighted that from 2021, Israeli authorities had immobilized nearly 190 crypto accounts on Binance. A significant portion of these belonged to Palestinian firms that had affiliations with Hamas. Blockchain analytics firm Chainalysis also indicated that over the years, Hamas has managed to secure tens of thousands of dollars through crypto. However, in April of this year, the military branch of Hamas, the Al-Qassam Brigades, announced the shutdown of their crypto donation program. They cited successful government efforts to identify and prosecute donors. A few weeks later in June, the Israeli government announced that it seized $1.7 million worth of crypto from accounts linked to Hezbollah and the Iranian paramilitary Revolutionary Guards elite Kids forces, if that's how you pronounce it. The United States has designated these two groups as terrorist organizations and blocked them from the traditional global financial system. The operation at that time marked a precedent by exposing the source of terrorist financing through digital currencies, as Israeli Defense Minister Yov Gallant then said. Following the ongoing attacks against Israel, local crypto community leaders launched 
Crypto Aid Israel, an initiative that seeks to raise funds to assist citizens displaced due to the conflict. Crypto Aid Israel oversees a multi-sig wallet designated to garner donations in diverse cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and a whole slew of shitcoins. So there you go. Now, <coughs> I'm going to have to say just a couple things about this Hamas-Israeli thing. I'm not on either side. I'm just not. I'm not rah-rah Israelis. I'm not rah-rah Hamas. Israel needs to have a place that they can call Israel, and Palestine needs to have their land stop being taken. Both of these sides have been in this conflict for decades. In fact, both sides have been in this conflict since the reestablishment of Israel, or at least the establishment of Israel as a modern nation after World War II. Because that's Israel as a country really didn't exist, especially where it is, before World War II. This was a carve-out, right? Now, that doesn't mean I'm against it. doesn't mean that I'm for it. I, I need to remain completely neutral on what I think about that. But that's the fact. That's what happened. The United Nations and NATO basically said, okay, we won We get to do whatever the F we want. Here you go, Israel, right there. Well, Israel started expanding and started taking over more Palestine stuff, but that's all you hear about. You know what you don't hear about? You do not hear about that same year, and I can't remember what year it was. It was like 1949 or 19-something like that, a couple of years after World War II ended. Egypt took the southern portion of what was then Palestine. But nobody, Palestine and Egypt seem to be okay with each other. The, but here's the umbrella point. It doesn't matter. This conflict has been going on for fucking ever. And it just so happens that this shit decides to blow up right when oil prices are starting to dive again. Right when we really need a screen, you know, a smoke screen for bonds and yields and the fact that we just can't seem to get inflation under control. And it just so happens to occur right at the damn time that basically everybody is bored with Ukraine. We're bored with the Ukrainian-Russian thing. Everybody had the Ukraine flags. We support Ukraine. We stand with Ukraine. Now, that's just done because we've, you know, the collective Western world has the attention span of a dead fucking gnat. That's right. And I'm not, I I think the the whole Russian-Ukraine thing is bullshit. I think this Israeli-Hamas thing is bullshit. Do they have actual real reasons to be pissed at each other? Yeah, of course. But honestly... It just so happens that all this shit blows up right now when the world's financial legacy structures are crumbling in front of us. Everybody needs a distraction or what? We'll pull out nooses and guillotines, pitchforks and torches, and start marching up on the hallowed halls of those who seek to rule us. Because people are getting pissed off. They're getting pissed off. They've been getting pissed off. I keep thinking, like I said it on Noster the other day, or actually on, I guess it was Saturday or Friday night 
after the Hamas, you know, Israel thing blew up. I was guessing that maybe is it this one that will be the straw that breaks the camel's back? That's not, I, I just, I, there's something fishy about it. The timing is all wrong. And the Israeli defense force not to understand that they were about to get attacked in such a massive way, I think is complete nutter bullshit. The Israeli defense force and the Israeli intelligence agencies are some of the most competent fighting forces and information gathering or collecting agencies that the planet has ever known. How do I? Well, I know that we we trained them that between the CIA and MI6 and all that shit, we basically installed Israel's intelligence force. And you're telling me that we had, that Israel had no idea that this was coming? Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. No. I, no. And as much as you, your, your heart goes out to Israel, as much as your heart may go out to Palestine, it doesn't matter. Because I think this entire thing is constructed. I think it was well-timed. I think it's going to have exactly the effect that the governments of the world want it to have. I think we're going to be distracted to no end. I think we're going to forget about inflation. I think we're going to forget that we can't buy houses. I think we're going to not even see it when jobs just poof and go away. I, I think I call bullshit on this entire thing. Now, now that the rant is over, I can get on with the rest of the actual Bitcoin news. Someone. Someone somewhere is inscribing all of WikiLeaks' infamous Afghan war logs on Bitcoin, known as Project Spartacus. This is from Bitcoin Magazine, written by Namsios. Yeah, it's probably going to piss a few of y'all off, but it is going on, so we got to know about it. What started with a mysterious inscription on October the 7th may end up turning into the latest global protest in support of journalist and activist Julian Assange. As revealed by Bitcoin Magazine, an unknown, quote, Project Spartacus has formed in an attempt to immortalize on Bitcoin the classified information that the U.S. government long alleged Julian Assange illegally provided to journalists in the infamous Afghan war diary. Following the inscription, An anonymous individual has contacted Bitcoin Magazine claiming responsibility for the project, which aims to inscribe the tens of thousands of logs from the Afghan war published by Julian Assange's WikiLeaks in July of 2010 into the Bitcoin blockchain. These logs created a big upheaval in U.S. media at the time that they were published and elicited very strong reactions from the country's government. No shit. Notably, the content of the logs not only differed from what had been presented in mainstream media, but it also offered troubling insights into what actually happened in Afghanistan. At times, the logs raised questions about the conduct of some U.S. military operations. The publication of the war logs which was coordinated with The Guardian, The New York Times, and others, caused a spur inside the government. The first indictment brought against Assange focused on an alleged conspiracy between him and Chelsea Manning to crack an account on a computer in her military base. Per the charges, the primary purpose of the conspiracy 
was to facilitate Manning's acquisition and transmission of classified information. However, as reported by The Intercept, it later became clear that the alleged hacking not only did not happen, but it also could not have happened. New testimony reported by investigative news site Shadowproof also showed that Manning already had authorized access to and the ability to exfiltrate all of the documents that she was accused of leaking without receiving any technical help from WikiLeaks. In truth, the indictment describes the kinds of activities conducted by many news organizations and journalists every day including obtaining and publishing true information of public interest, communications between a publisher and a source, and using encryption tools. It seems this backdrop is the context through which Project Spartacus attempts to take a foothold in the Bitcoin ecosystem. The project leverages the Ordinals Protocol, a meta-protocol for Bitcoin that lets anyone add arbitrary data to the original cryptocurrency's blockchain. Given the properties of Bitcoin and its decentralized network of nodes, once data is added to its blockchain, it can never be removed nor altered. Such properties are seemingly great for the use case of combating censorship of information. Under this light, it seems Project Spartacus aims to take a stand towards freedom of information and knowledge, making it impossible for anyone to mess with the data that Assange risked his life to make public. The journalist currently faces potential extradition to the U.S. despite being an Australian citizen and not having committed alleged offenses on United States soil. The outcome of the extradition process remains uncertain and concerns continue to grow regarding his future and whether he will ever again regain his freedom. Project Spartacus's website provides public interface through which any person can inscribe ordinals jargon for adding data to Bitcoin, a war log. There seems to be no fees associated with this action apart from network fees, a necessary component to any transaction yeah, on the network. The page also features a donate button, which opens up a panel that you can donate to. A huge rectangular button appears on the main page reading publish war log. Upon clicking, the process of inscribing a war log is triggered. The user is given the option to choose how many logs to inscribe, with a maximum of 300 war logs per transaction. The user can then select the transaction fee based on which, on which a total amount for payment is calculated. Upon hitting continue, the user then is presumably redirected for payment. Commonly seen as a monetary network. Bitcoin can also serve as a decentralized and unstoppable publishing technology thanks to the Ordinals Protocol. Created last year by developer Casey Rodarmer, Ordinals aims to make it easy for anyone to add data to Bitcoin. Text, image, video, HTML, or markdown, blah, blah, blah. The development saw a huge parabolic surge in activity within a few short months. The rise in popularity caused a big fee spike on the Bitcoin blockchain, leading some users to complain about the perceived uselessness of adding arbitrary data. Project Spartacus takes a spin on Ordinal's popular use case of doing NFTs on the mother chain to seemingly focus on complete data finality on a decentralized chain of information, which is run by tens of thousands of nodes in hundreds of different jurisdictions around the world. In this sense... Ordinals may very well be the ultimate publishing tool that many in the world have been looking for to fight information censorship and tampering. Okay, now, um, hold on, I need to look at something here. Okay, 
you may not like ordinals. I don't. I mean, the whole inscriptions thing is the the numbering system is, from what I understand, is still broken. It's not going to get fixed. People had every right to get pissed off about inscriptions and ordinals. And they also still, to this day, have every right to get pissed off that Julian Assange's Afghan war logs are now going to be permanently on the Bitcoin blockchain, bloating the blockchain. Of course, we have to actually look at the word bloat. Bloat, generally speaking, has a negative connotation to it, right? I mean, it just means that it's worthless, but it makes it big. You're bloated. It's worthless water, and it makes you big and and uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that just because it's Julian Assange's war logs doesn't make it any less bloated in the eyes of some users. And why do I say that? Because I want to make it clear that the war logs are still around. They've been around since 2010. Do we need them on Bitcoin? And there is a very good argument as to yes, we do. There's also a very good argument to no, we don't. And the the good argument to no, we don't is that Hell, even I've got a copy of all the Afghan war logs on my computer because it was done in a wiki dump. I, I just I have the zip file. If anybody wants the zip file of the WikiLeaks dump, I've got several of them. I've got all kinds of stuff. And so many other people do. But the 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 argument for having this on Bitcoin is that okay, what if a virus let's just Let's just say it, Israel, MI6, MI5, the CIA, and the the NSA, they all get together and they come up with a worldwide computer virus that gets into every single computer on the planet and infiltrates the file system and looks for anything from the data structure of the zip file itself to the unzipped version of anything that looks like it was ever published by WikiLeaks is now gone. Well, they can't do that to Bitcoin. So there's arguments on both sides of this thing. And I don't know what side I'm taking. I do think Julian Assange should be released. I I don't know what, I mean, everything about all these governments saying what he did, what Chelsea Manning did, what Edward Snowden did, how it's all illegal and it's all, you know, it's all bad. It's all bullshit because they were bringing to light crimes committed against humanity by some of the world's largest government organizations on the planet. That is their right. That is their duty as a citizen. And that is their mandate as a human being that actually wants fucking peace. They did the right thing. Even, you know, some of my loved ones still believe that Julian Assange deserves what he got. And they don't even know what it is that he brought to the table. When I told a particular loved one about the video of the gunship mowing down the journalist in that parking lot or that plaza or wherever it was that they were, the thing that really pissed off the United States government was that video. She had no idea that that video was part of the dump. She literally believed that what CNN told her was 
in fact, the truth, even though there was no detailing to that quote-unquote truth. She just believed that what was released was bad. She didn't look at it. She had no way to find it. She didn't know anybody who knew anything about it. I was surprised. I've, you know, for years, this shit's been out. And this was this year that I'm talking to her and I have to tell her what it was that was in the Afghan war logs. And she was stunned. She's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Why would we do that? And I was like, oh no, it gets worse. You see that if you had seen the video, you would have seen the children in the van and then that van get pelleted by 50 caliber rounds from a fucking Cobra attack helicopter. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yes, it's all on video. That's why he's screwed. I guarantee you that 90% of the people 90% of the people that know anything about Julian Assange or the Afghan war logs do not like Julian Assange because they just believe the narrative that they were told and have absolutely no idea what's in those logs. They've never looked at them. They don't know how to go get them. If they were handed a zip file, they don't even know how to unzip it. That's what we're up against. So maybe, just maybe, ordinals in this one particular case has a reason to exist it sure as shit isn't for any of the other reasons but for this one i'm going to give it a pass and there's some other things that can be done with bitcoin too there is and if you have been unless you've been living under a rock then you've probably heard about the bitcoin virtual machine also known as well B-I-T-V-M. That, to me, means Bitcoin virtual machine, or at least bit virtual machine. But Shinobi has written up something for Bitcoin Magazine entitled The Big Deal with BitVM. Arbitrary computation now possible on Bitcoin without a fork. Ordinals happened and inscriptions happened without a fork. Now we have computation on Bitcoin also not using a fork. This will cause the same problems between the haves and the have-nots. And what I mean by that is we got to have it versus we better not have it. You're going to bloat the blockchain. You're going to kill Bitcoin. It's going to die. Well, if Bitcoin's going to die because of inscriptions, ordinals, and BitVM, then Bitcoin needs to die. But it's not going to. Because this one sounds really interesting. Fear the wizards and not those wizards, the real wizards. Announced today by Bitcoin developer Robin Linus of Zero Sync in association. Founded to help scale Bitcoin by using zero knowledge proofs. BitVM is a proposal that opens very interesting doors for Bitcoin application development going forward. It can enable pretty much any arbitrary computation and use that computation to enforce what happens to Bitcoin on-chain. It requires no consensus changes to Bitcoin at all. The trick is lifting all of that logic off the chain and being able to challenge a few steps of the computation on-chain if the other party asserts a dishonest outcome. In short, BitVM will bring arbitrary Turing-complete computation in an enforceable way to Bitcoin itself. Today, the basics of logic gates. Okay, I'm pausing. 
just to let you guys know, we're going to get into a little bit of a little bit of math, but only in the form of logic. If if you just start finding yourself blanking out, I don't blame you, but here this is it's you should listen to this really try your damnedest to pay attention and I will try my damnedest to read it as clearly as I possibly can to really grasp the mechanisms behind the proposal we need to understand a little bit about the physical and logical basis of computation Everyone knows that under the hood, your computer is just passing around individual ones and zeros to do everything that it does. But, 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 but how does that work? What, what does it even mean? Every single chip in your computer at its core is composed of millions or billions of individual things called logic gates. These little devices take either one or two bits of information, you know, one or a zero, and perform a simple logical operation on them to produce either a one or a zero as an output, which then feeds into the next logic gate. There's many different types of logic gates, some that just take a single bit and put out the same number that's fed into it. That's called a buffer gate. Others take a single bit and output the opposite value that it receives. It's called the NOT gate, also known as an inverter. Some take two bits and output a 1 if both the input bits are 1 with any other combination outputting a 0. We call this the AND gate. Lastly, at least here today, in this list of examples, is a gate that takes two bits of outputs Hold on. Is a gate that takes two bits and and outputs zero if both inputs are ones and outputs one for all other bit combinations. That's called the NAND gate. N A N D, which I I understand it to be the not and or the inverse of and. The interesting thing about a NAND gate is that you can build any other type of logic gate from just NAND gates. It definitely won't be as efficient as just making a special purpose version of another gate, but it will get the job done. So, given that you can build any logic gate out of NAND gates, you can build circuits for any arbitrary computation out of NAND gates. So, building NAND on Bitcoin. How do you build a NAND gate? with existing Bitcoin scripts. Hash locks and two other opcodes you are probably unfamiliar with, opbooland and opnot. First, let's look at hash locks. You create a branching script that can be spent one of two ways, revealing the preimage to hash lock A or revealing the preimage to hash lock B. Path A would put the number one on the stack and path B would put the number zero on the stack. This allows you to unlock a bit to be used as an input to the NAND gate we are building by providing the preimage to the hash lock. You can only fulfill the script with one or the other, not both. And there are reasons we will get to into this, reasons for this that we will get into shortly. This simple primitive is just there to allow users to commit to single bits at a time for use in a NAND gate script. Now think back to what a NAND gate is. It takes two bits and it outputs one bit. 
If the input bits are both ones, then the output has to be zero. If the input bits are any other combination, the output is one. You can use the two path hash lock trick above to commit to both inputs as well as the output. You just need a way to verify the output is correct. This is where op booland and op not come in. After you have picked which values to assign as inputs and which output value to verify it against, you can take advantage of a really neat trick. Op booland does the exact opposite that NAND does. If both inputs are ones, the output is one. Everything else, it outputs zero. Op not takes whatever value is input and reverses it. A one becomes a zero and a zero becomes a one. This allows you to take the two input values and actually do a NAND operation on them on the scripting stack. You can then verify the output of that against the asserted output committed to with the hash lock trick using op equal verify. The script will not pass evaluation if the actual NAND operation output created on the stack does not match the output the user claims it will produce. You now have a NAND gate implemented in Bitcoin script in a way that actually enforces with Bitcoin script the virtual NAND gate operates correctly where the arbitrary computation comes in. So what can you do now that you can make a single NAND gate in Bitcoin script? Well, you can create an entire tap leaf tree that covers every single step of any arbitrary computation, just like actual logic gates do to make computer processors. To accomplish complex computation, people put logic gates together in a series so that once you feed the initial inputs into the first gates, the output of each of them feeds right into another gate as their input. The first thing is accomplished here by tying hash locks together appropriately between gates. For example, if one gate script has a choice between the pre-images of value C1 or C2 as an output, the next gate in the series uses those same hash lock values in the matching input. This way, the uh, this way, the only way for someone to lie about the result from the previous gate is to reveal the other C hash lock. We can use this as a penalty mechanism. Both users take whatever computation they want to engage in and break it down into a circuit of only NAND gates doing the computation gate by gate. They then take and encode every individual gate in the circuit with the appropriate hash lock choices for each circuit step and encode it into a tap leaf tree that a single UTXO can be locked to. There is one version of the tree for the user trying to prove they are executing the program correctly and one version for the person verifying it is executed correctly. Now what they do is pre-sign a series of transactions for a challenge in response game that can be executed on-chain. Ideally, the entire computation is run through and verified off-chain, and users cooperatively settle it by spending the funds together to the appropriate person based on the computation's outcome. If the prover stops cooperating, however, the verifier can challenge them on-chain. Step one is loading money into the scheme. One script path will let the prover just claim the money unilaterally after a time lock. The next script path will let the verifier instantly claim the money if they can show 
the pre-images to both the possible values for any input or output of the current gate. The next script path will allow the verifier to force the prover to execute any specific gate contract on chain. This path requires the verifier to release another hash lock pre-image that only they have, functioning as a lock for each gate challenge to the prover. This guarantees that the prover can only execute that particular specific gate. The verifier's pre-signed transaction for that path will spend it to a script with the following script paths. The verifier takes the coins after a time lock, or the prover executes the gate and spins the coin back into the script like the first one. The prover can claim the money after a time lock. The verifier can claim it instantly if showing both pre-images to any single hash lock pair, or the verifier can challenge the prover again. Only a few rounds of this scheme will guarantee the contract settles correctly. Either the verifier runs out of pre-signed transactions to keep challenging the prover, because the prover keeps demonstrating correct execution of each gate, and the prover claims the fund, or the prover does not respond to a challenge because it would allow them to be penalized, and the verifier claims the funds after a time lock, or the prover actually does execute a gate incorrectly on chain, and the verifier claims the funds immediately. Ideally, everything happens off-chain and is settled cooperatively, but if cooperation fails, there literally is no other outcome after just a few rounds on chain than the contract settling correctly. So that was a hell of a mouthful, but where do we go from here? Certainly, a proposal of this magnitude will be discussed for some weeks moving forward. The amount of data needed to be processed and generated is enormous. We're talking tap trees with leaves numbered in the billions and pre-signed transactions to go with them all at least a few hops long to ensure accurate settlement. The off-chain data management cost is absolutely massive. The other big limitation of this scheme will only work with two parties, one playing the role of proving correct execution, and the second playing the role of verifying correct execution. While it is possible in the future, well, hold on. While it is possible future research finds a way to generalize this to more participants, bad sentence, I at least see no clear path to accomplishing that. Also, even addressing that particular problem, I see no way to get around that this is an interactive protocol requiring participation at all times by all participants in the cooperative case. Nonetheless, this is a very interesting demonstration of how complex programs can be used to enforce conditional control over Bitcoin. There is definitely room for optimization in terms of how much logic can be packed into a single leaf script or what can be done with different opcodes to make the entire scheme more efficient. Simple deconstruction to the basic operation and game theoretic balances can enforce any arbitrary computation using Bitcoin. Truly! The creation of wizards. Woo! God damn, that was a long one. Okay, so what does it all mean? Nobody really knows yet. Nobody really knows. See, going back to ordinals and inscriptions, people understood that they were going to be able to put arbitrary data on the blockchain, whether it pissed people off or not. But, 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 Nobody actually said at any given time that they theorize 
that the WikiLeaks Afghan war logs were going to go up in inscriptions. I gave other examples, but not that one. Not one that's really near and dear to, you know, the hearts of many Bitcoiners, because a lot of us believe that Julian Assange is basically just hosed. That it was just, he just got a bum rap. And the reason he got a bum rap is because he basically lifted the lid off of a corrupt pile of shit. But be that as it may, now that inscriptions are being used for what I kind of think is like the only use case that I can not throw up over, what about this one? Computation using the Bitcoin blockchain, using opcodes and hash time locks to be able to function like logic gates that you would find on any processor in any computer. Does that mean that I'm going to build a digital audio workstation application on top of Bitcoin? No, I don't think that anybody was really going to want to do that. I think this is more applicable to contracts, like is said in the in in this. But what kind of contracts? Well. DL, think of a discrete law contracts, DLCs, proving that an event happened. But in this case, having the actual Bitcoin blockchain be the arbiter of enabling the computation to make a check on whether or not the event actually happened or it did not happen and then execute the contract to the person that either, well, who at whichever one of the people, quote unquote, won the bet. And I used to think, why is it that we're always, you know, always designing shit on Bitcoin to bet on? I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't like it, but, uh, you know, whatever. The, I think what it means is that when you look at a bet between two people, doesn't even need to be people, company, institution, people, two rats if they're able to do it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But two entities and one says X is going to happen and one says Y is going to happen. And they connect with each other through some kind of medium of exchange. Doesn't have to be money. Maybe they're betting a house. Maybe they're betting a boat. Maybe they're betting a keg of beer. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. But they're connecting with each other through this medium of exchange, and they each hold a different outcome. They have to be able to agree that one or the other outcome happened, and they both have to be so in agreement about it that there's absolutely no way that one of them four days from now will wake up and say, you know what, you were wrong. That's a basis of computation. It either is or it isn't. It can't be both. So we already have an AND gate. We already have a, uh, like, I believe that that would be a NAND gate. Like the can't be both is a NAND gate. The, the point is, is that if you have these logic structures and you can use them, you may not build a digital audio workstation or the next film editing tool on top of Bitcoin, because honestly, nobody wants to do that. But contract execution, and yes, I I get it. We already have different styles of contract execution, but this one is as close to the Bitcoin blockchain truth machine as you can get because it's actually physically connected to the truth machine. 
It's using the truth machine itself to do to act as the logic gates. And then all you have to do is arrange the logic gates to perform the function you want. Nobody knows where this is going. Am I excited about it? A little bit. A little bit. But I guarantee you there will be two camps. There will be the, we have to have this camp. And then there will be the, we better not have this camp. And they're going to go to war. And it's going to be during the end of the bear market. And everybody's going to be pissed. And Israel and Hamas are still going to be fighting. And that short little comedian piece of shit out of Ukraine is going to be shaking Biden down for more money. And the clown show continues. We've got numbers to prove it. We're not starting off with futures and commodities just yet because we have this one from CNBC that describes, well, pretty much everything in a few couple, in a few short paragraphs. Dow rises more than 100 points, boosted by a sharp decline in treasury yields. Again, this is CNBC.com. U.S. stocks rose Tuesday, boosted by a drop in treasury yields at Wall Street, assess the geopolitical risks of a protracted conflict from the, you guessed it, Israeli-Hamas war. Yes, that's right. The benchmark 10-year treasury yield was down more than 15 basis points at 4.626% as investors turn to the traditional safe haven amid the conflict. You see where this is going? I'll explain it in a second. These movements reflect the bonds market or the bond market's first reaction to the Israel Hamas conflict as it was closed on Columbus Day. Oil prices also eased after rallying in the previous session, providing relief to investors. West Texas Intermediate and Brent futures are both down 0.2% on Tuesday. The decline in yields gave stock a lift or stocks in general a lift as Wall Street remains concerned over the recent quick rise of Interest rates. Investors may be looking past the geopolitical risk caused by the Israel-Hamas war, helped by Friday's stronger-than-expected September payrolls report and optimism ahead of a slew of third-quarter earnings this week. Okay, that's all we need to start our day. What's going on here? Every single time something like a war breaks out, people run to bonds for what? safe haven, and risk-free rate of return. But, 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 but over the past few months with Jerome Powell running like a chicken with his head cut off and bleeding interest rates everywhere, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we get the situation where bonds are being sold off in mass everywhere. And, and, and. There's less interest in actually buying the United States Treasury bonds. Whatever can we do? Maybe we can call Netanyahu. And maybe we can infiltrate Hamas. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, we can scare the living piss out of people. Because here is the breaking headline. Biden confirms Americans are being held hostage. Calls Hamas attack sheer evil. I'm just pausing for effect. What do you, I mean, really? Really? 
Oh, now now Biden has told us that Americans are involved. Americans are being held hostage. Oh my God, that brings it here to America. This shit's going to escalate. And as it escalates, guess what? You're going to have buyers for the United States Treasury bonds, which is going to do what? It's going to push the yield rates down. Oh my God, it's like fucking magic. It's like magic. Just when we needed it the goddamn most. We can fight inflation and have people still buy the the treasury bonds all at the same time. And maybe give the young people hope, just hope that might might be able to buy a house at at something less than 8% interest rates. You see how this shit works? The timing is everything. Always remember that. The timing is everything. Brent North Sea is down just over half a point at this time to $87.64 a barrel. West Texas Intermediate is down 0.5% to $85.95 a barrel. Natural gas, however, is up almost half a point to $3.39 a thousand cubic feet. Gasoline is up a buck oh five in percentage point terminology to $2.26. Again, good luck trying to find that price at any pump anywhere in the country. Gold is actually doing well today, up half point to 1873.3, as you can expect. Silver is also rallying by a tenth of a point, $21.94. Platinum is down a quarter of a point. Copper is down a half, but palladium is up almost four points. Ag is fully mixed. A biggest winner today is going to be lumber, 2.15% of the upside. Biggest loser is going to be wheat, 2.5% to the downside. I got live cattle is down a fifth of a point. Lean hogs are down one and a third. Feeder cattle is up a third of a point. The Dow rallying, well, by half a point, 33,981 for your Dow index. S&P is 0.68% of the upside. NASDAQ is 0.68% of the upside. And the S&P mini is one and a quarter percent to the upside. What are bonds doing? Oh my God. All the bond yields are down. Oh my God. Oh, it's awesome. The, like we were talking about, the 30 year is down 0.114% to 4.828% yield. The 10-year is down 0.13% to 4.653% yield, and the 2-year is 4.978% yield. That is after it was down a tenth of a point. It worked. People are interested in buying bonds again. I can tell because the yields are going down. It's amazing. It's just... Doesn't it just work like fucking magic? The way that we can just like, just take real people's lives, you know, their hopes for their family and hopes for their future and and mash it with a whole bunch of fiat currency and legacy financial bullshit and make a shit pie. Isn't it amazing how that works? How the minute that you inject some poor asshole walking down the street, minding his own business with your bond yield bullshit that he ends up losing his ever loving mind and will just follow Biden and say, yes, by God, Americans are in the mix in Israel. Hamas, Hamas must be evil. Israel is good. And whether or not you believe that or don't believe it, it doesn't matter. It is a fucking shit show. And it's had every effect you could possibly imagine. Congratulations, United States government. You did well. 
Did you not? Except that the dollar is not reacting well. The dollar index 105.84 after a 25 uh, point drop. Actually, it's 23% to the downside, but or no, no, 0.23% to the downside, down a quarter of a point. But my God, this this attack of sheer evil and Americans being involved, you should have, I, I would have expected that to have gone up, but whatever. Because the only thing that really matters at this point is what? Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, Dominant Heron. Bitcoin, $27,363.93. I suppose we're getting a sell-off because people are running into bonds. Yes, because bonds are the safe haven. Yeah, blah, 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 whatever. Average transaction value is a 0.72 BTC. And the median transaction value is right around $277. Block times are hideously low, 8 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, rewards on a per block basis are 0.11 BTC and overall over the past 24 hour rewards have raked in 19.26 BTC hash rate after an 11 and a half percent climb is sitting at 462.8 exahashes per second. And your shitcoin indicator is doge because all coins are basically getting slammed in a much, much worse way than Bitcoin doge is below six United States pennies. 5.9, that's the number you should be, hallelujah, it's finally under 6%, it, or 6%, 6 cents, Bitcoin was at $25,000, a few short weeks ago, and what was Dogecoin at? 6.1 United States pennies. Now Bitcoin is at $27,363.93, and Dogecoin you would have expected it to be 6.3 United States pennies? No, no, no. 5.9. I hate the dog. I hope it dies. And I'm a dog lover too. Clark Moody Bitcoin showing $532.7 billion of market capitalization. That is 4.22% of gold's entire market cap. You may now purchase 14.6 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19 million 509,630.53 of and 5,172 of them are stuck in the Lightning Network valued at $141.2 million, 14,880 nodes, 63,991 payment channels, or at least that's the things that we can see. Now, mempools have been kind of bouncing up and uh, bouncing around. Let me check. Yeah, it looks like 71, 72 blocks carrying 27,900 unconfirmed transactions waiting to clear 16 Satoshis per V byte, high priority transaction fees, low priority fees, seven Satoshis per V byte and anything under 1.73 Satoshis per V byte are being purged from mempools around the world. 460.7 exahashes per second is the number I'm getting from mempool.space. So that's pretty close to what BitInfo charts had. So we're thinking we'll just call it 465 exahashes per second, split the middle. I am nowhere close to number 10 on the fountain charts, but honestly, I don't give a shit because I have friends like Letter6172 with a striper boost 7777 in an attempt to better understand the mind of Jerome Powell. I huff some brake cleaner from a balloon. I still didn't understand the Fed. Axelrod with 5,000 says living under bridges and wearing the robes of monks. Classic. 
Thanks for the LOL. Uh, North, wait, North Ahodal. 2121 sat says gbtc has never really wanted to convert to an etf <coughs> dragging feet but it looks like it will actually happen against their will dubrovko 1200 sat says regarding the artist split the market would dictate that you open with paying for using their songs in your show then you talk about some type of referral for new listeners which is difficult to quantify Dubrovko with another 1200 says in episode 806, the circus surrounding the SBF trial keeps on giving crack a beer and pop some corn. I agree. Jen in Indy with a thousand says, love the title for this one. <laughs> yeah. Unlimited Wang. I, I thought that was good too. Ingo with 765 says, always a pleasure to hear your thoughts, sir. Jamez 420 with 420 says, David, you're a fucking legend. I started listening as a joke to stack sats. Thanks for the orange pill. I'm legitimately sad when I have to listen to someone else's podcast now. Keep doing this. Thank you, sir. No, dude, thank you, brother. God's death with 370 says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Stacy with 100 says, thanks for the show. No, thank you. Pies with 100 says, thank you, sir. God's death answers and says, you always first, lol. I don't boost till I listen. Just turn it on. I appreciate every single one of you. You make my day. That's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use announcing strike private Jack Mallers posting this to uh, the uh, uh, strike blog says, yo, today I'm excited to introduce strike private, our new service for high net worth individuals, businesses, family offices, and institution at strike. Our mission is better money through Bitcoin, we believe we can build better financial services, better payments, better savings, better access, better equality, better money. Since Strike was founded, we've been focused on building a better Bitcoin experience that's accessible to all with Strike Private. We're excited to expand our services to a new audience and partner with our private clients on their personal Bitcoin journey. Strike Private is currently available for a select number of clients. We're excited to announce the service publicly and expand access to more clients on a rolling basis. If you're interested in a consultation, get a hold of them at private at strike.me. That's private at strike.me. So new, you know, <clears throat> new service for the Richie Rich. That's not exactly true. I could have a very small, I could have a like a lawn mowing service and probably have access to strike private once he rolls it out to the rest of it. But it's the high net worth individual thing. And what does this do? It's competing with, well, it's competing with um, Swan and River is essentially what this is, what this is doing. So it's good to see that we have competition continuously rising up. And I love Jack Mallers seems to be a good guy. Um, Will I hopefully, he never falls off his horse. He always continues, you know, may like, it should, this should be like a champagne toast. Like may your days be ever bright and may you never custody with a third party or something like that. And I hope that Jack Mallers never custodies anything from strike with a third party that they keep it all in house because then, well, you don't get into the bullshit and nobody likes the bullshit. Okay. SEC says stupid shit. <laughs> That actually should be the uh, title of today's show. Uh, Nicholas Morgan from Decrypt. Crypto has 
no innate or inherent value, SEC argues in Coinbase case. The Securities and Exchange Commission is arguing that cryptocurrencies lack any innate or inherent value as part of their case against Coinbase in federal court, prompting eye rolls from Coinbase and crypto watchers <laughs> in response to a motion to throw out the agency's lawsuit filed over the summer, the SEC petitioned a judge to reject Coinbase's stance that cryptocurrency trading does not count as an investment contract between parties. It justified its position by repeating its position that federal securities laws are designed to be interpreted flexibly through the legal doctrine known as the Howey test. Under Howey, the SEC has argued for decades that investments ranging from whiskey caskets to chinchilla farms can be regulated as investment contracts. However, it says that many cryptocurrencies differ only because they, quote, have no innate or inherent value on their own, whereas the tokens it cited in its lawsuit meet the criteria under the Howey test. Quote, if crypto assets embody some underlying value, that value is accessed through the digital token, the SEC wrote in its filing. Quote, but the token has no innate or inherent value of its own. It is tied to its underlying value, which for the crypto asset at issue is, in this case, is the investment contract, end quote. But the SEC's arguments were brushed off by Coinbase's chief legal officer, Paul Grewell, who dismissed their motion, quote, more of the same old, same old position. Quote, the SEC's argument today would mean that everything from Pokemon cards to stamps to Swifty bracelets are also securities. As New York Congressman Representative Richie Torres made so clear last week, that is simply not the law nor should it be, Gruel wrote. He was referring to Representative Torres's questioning of Gary Gensler at a House Financial Services Committee last month. Stuart Alderority, I guess is how you pronounce it, the chief legal officer for Ripple Labs, which won a partial victory against the SEC in July after being sued, also took to Twitter to ridicule the SEC's argument. He says there is so much wrong with the SEC's brief in the Coinbase case, I don't know where to begin. Let's start with the SEC claiming, without citation or support, that digital assets have no innate or inherent value while collectible baseball cards do. <laughs> As part of its June 6th lawsuit against Coinbase, the SEC listed several altcoins it labeled as unlicensed securities, including Solana, Matic, and Cardano. The developers for these tokens have balked at this designation, and Coinbase has rebuked the charges against it. The question for cryptocurrencies of value has been asked since the earliest days of the technology. Unlike fiat currency like the U.S. dollar, tokens do not have the legal backing of a government entity, and ones like Bitcoin were designed to exist apart from a central authority. Instead, tokens' value is mostly determined by the market forces of supply and demand. So... The SEC, you knew they were going to do it at one point or another. And I mean, I'm not raw rawing for Cardano, God forbid, or, you know, for XRP or anything like that, because that's all worthless scam. But if when when I immediately apply that to, you know, to an argument against Bitcoin and my eyes just roll because I know the truth. No, and it's like, it's just like the SEC at this point, which I think, thankfully, the SEC doesn't even look at Bitcoin anymore. They haven't actually looked at Bitcoin itself 
as a problem for years, right? It's all the rest of them that have all their shit to worry about, but it's still, every time the SEC says something like this, I just think of somebody telling me how Bitcoin has no inherent value. And then I will ask them the question, how long have you spent studying how Bitcoin actually works? And they'll say none because I already know that it's valueless. Yay. Again, 90% of the people that are watching CNN actually believe that the Hamas-Israel-Israeli war is completely organic, totally happened with it, you know, it was totally a surprise. How there's no way that this was not going to happen. This is what we deal with. And this is why Bitcoiners are continuously pulling their hair out of their head. Because they're constantly dealing with bullshit like that. And bullshit like, you know, well, I mean, even RFK is, he, he's leaving. Pro-crypto RFK Jr. has left the Democrats to campaign for U.S. president as an independent as promised on October the 10th, or it was either that or the 8th, <clears throat> he swore he was going to do it, and it looks like he's done it. Uh, Cointelegraph, Derek Anderson is writing it. Let's see what he has to say. Pro-crypto candidate for the presidency, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, announced on October the 9th at a rally in Philadelphia that he was dropping his bid for nomination in the Democratic primary to run as an independent instead. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate, he said. Kennedy has been a supporter of crypto. Yeah, that's all we really need to know. Honestly, is the fact that now RFK Jr. has done it. He's left the Democrat ticket. He's going independent. He's made the announcement. There's no turning back. RFK is now running as an independent presidential candidate. He is the only other guy that has any hope in hell of beating Biden or Trump. And Trump's the only other guy that has any hope in hell of beating Biden or RFK. And Biden's the only guy that has a hope in hell in beating Trump or RFK. It's that's the triangle that you're looking at from a political standpoint, the, the most important election of our lives, which is coming up and is always the most important election of our lives. It was the most important last time and the time before that, the time before that. And it will be again and again. It will always be the most important thing ever, unless you're talking about climate change, in which case you're being hosed on that shit too. But in either event, in this election, 2024, the only three people that matter is going to be Trump, Biden, and RFK Jr. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody can't move up, but I'm looking at the field of all of these cackling jekylls, and I'm just not seeing anything of value. And I don't see much value in RFK or Biden, and honestly, I don't see a whole bunch of value in the orange man. I think all of I just wish we could pitch the whole fucking thing over a cliff. And and just, I don't know, live our lives, trade with each other freely, stop shooting each other because the bond prices are crashing. Eh, you know, simple shit. But what, you know, I'm just a psycho apparently, but we've got better fish to fry for the end of the show. I have Hoster, H-O-S-T-R, Hoster, decentralized web hosting solution on Noster has been announced. No bullshit Bitcoin or no BS Bitcoin.com takes us through it. Quote, Hoster 
is a decentralized web hosting solution using Noster, a simple open protocol that enables global decentralized censorship-resistant social media. It provides free anti-censorship and fault-tolerant web hosting using relays that can be set up by anyone. Oh, well, I hope that they're right. Noster web host which is also known as Hoster, is a command line tool designed for hosting single page applications or SPAs using the Nostra protocol and its distributed network of relay servers. This tool provides a seamless way to deploy and access your SPA on the Nostra network. Quote, the main focus of this project is to show a proof of concept for a proposed NIP for hosting content Within Noster, said at no stranger on stacker.news. If you encounter any issues or have suggestions for improvement, feel free to contribute to the project on GitHub. And that is a studio. Oh, God. I've never, I'm not going to be able to give you this, this GitHub address because the name has got too many I's and J's in it all together and is freaking me out. Uh, just go to the show notes and, and see if you can pull it out from there. I will have this particular announcement in the show notes, but this is good. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I think I have an idea of what an SPA actually is. And when you think about it, I think a lot of websites can get away with just having a single page. You don't have to like have like this huge file structure where you've got, you know, everything nested and all this kind of other stuff and pages that link to other pages in I think in a lot of instances, somebody can just like, I just want a simple web page that, and this would be it. And if it can be hosted by Noster, well, shit, it's this, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And now we go from hoster to shopster, S H O P S T R decentralized classifieds marketplace using lightning and cashew. Again, no bsbitcoin.com. A couple of, well, hold on. <clears throat> Shopster is a decentralized classifieds marketplace on Noster using Lightning and Cashew. Okay, a couple of friends and I have been working on Shopster for a bit and recently launched. It's definitely still a work in progress, so be aware. But you can now check it out here. And there is a little website. We'll get to that in a second. We currently support NIPO4. NIP 07, NIP 09, NIP 99, and also have a PWA. In the near future, we're planning on adding a native Cashew wallet and NIP 15 support. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. So the website, for those of you that are looking over here on uh, zap.stream, looks like this. Introducing Shopster, where I can buy heavy-duty 360 swim, safe swimmer, orange large safety floats. For the low, low price of 96, no, 900, well, yeah, 96,000 Satoshis. Shipping is 5,000 Satoshis. Total cost, 101,000 Satoshis. And I can just go down here and I guess I can just pay for it right there. Uh, okay, it's still a work in progress, but it's a little shop. You can have like little stalls. And I've, yes, I've mentioned not this one, but others like this before. It's good to have as many as we can get. I'll say it again. It's good to have competition. It's good to have as many of these different types of things that we can get. I want five different hosters. I want five different shopsters. I want a whole team of people competing against each other and with each other to make this experience that we've come to know as Noster 
like exactly like what you'd expect on the legacy web. If we can do that, the legacy web or not the, the, the infrastructure of the legacy web, that's, we, we need that. I'm talking about Amazon, I'm talking about eBay, I'm talking about Craigslist and all the bullshit that we've been having to deal with, Google, all the crap. This, Nostra is the only way to pull the teeth. It's the only way to pull the teeth from these people. So I rah-rah every single person that has anything at all to do with this stuff. Let's just get this shit done, shall we? Shall we, please? Okay. All right, where am I at? Oh, Albie. Uh, Get Albie. Were you looking for a Calendy or Calendly? Sorry, Calendly, the calendar. Calendly alternative for Bitcoiners? Well, here it is. Cal.com. It's open source, it's built by Bitcoiners, and now it accepts lightning payments. Easily schedule meetings, book someone's time, pay and get paid for your time in Bitcoin. If your life revolves around meetings and Calendly is your daily tool, then we want you to check this shit out. Of course, they don't actually say it that way, but uh, you can book, if you just want to try it out, you can book a meeting with the Albi team for a mere 1,200 sats. So for the guys over on Zapstream, I'll go ahead and crank this out for you. And we'll go here and see what it's like. Oh, let's see. Cal.com, introducing Albi, the Bitcoin-friendly payment layer. You know, maybe I should log in uh, to get to get my Calendly going on. I've never used it, so I'm going to be baking. This will be my first time, uh, especially live, putting in all my information uh, so that I can have a, an account here at cal.com. So I hit login, welcome back email address. Oh, no, 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 cal.com, no. I can, is there any other way to do this? Let's see. What on earth could we use that we have right now that doesn't need me to jack around with my email accounts? Oh, I know, Noster. Get it together, guys. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm, I think these guys suck. I'm being a dick. I know I'm being facetious and all that kind of stuff, but I'm trying to make a point. All they have to do is use Nippo 7 or God forbid, Nippo 5. And all of a sudden I could have access to cal.com. But because they are requiring me to put in my, uh, my email account, whether it's Gmail or ProtonMail or whatever it is that that I would want to use, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to use it. You're going to have to do better than that. Now, Pleb AI, I've talked about it before. Um, This is a, well, Pleb AI is a place that you can go that you can find a lot of different AI bots that people have set up and instead of you having access to chat GPT yourself and maybe paying a monthly fee, go use one of these guys over at plebai.com. Is that plebai? I think it's plebai.com. Uh, and and um, wait a minute, hold on. I got to make sure of this because I haven't used it in a couple of days. Plebai, yeah, plebai.com. Now, when I first announced this, or when I first covered it, it was only a it was only like a day old, and there was maybe ten bots. Well, now 
there's a lot of bots. I mean, there's a lot of bots. And the way that they were presented or are being presented, let me check because I haven't seen it so far. Hold on for a second. Let me make sure that I've got this done. Where's my, there we go, AI agents. God, there's a lot of, that's a lot of bots. So it put this over here. So you can see this. Now here's Pleb AI. Well, this is for the zap.stream guys. Okay, so it's chat.plebai.com. And I've got basically all the agents that I can use. And there used to be maybe like, you know, this many. Like I have one, two, three, four, six, so 12, maybe 18, something like that. Well, now it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, 48, 49, 50, 51 agents are now represented, are now represented. Well, that's, that's an issue. Um, why is that an issue? Let me get this back over here. Well, actually it's, well, why is it an issue is my ass. Um, oh shoot. I lost, I lost my damn place. Hold on for a second. Um, Let's see if I can get this. Nope, not gonna be able to get it. Hold on, I gotta do this. Let me go up here and get my, get this back. I, I lost my uh, my page here and I don't want that one, so it's gonna be this one. All right, now. Okay, all right, so with, with 51 bots, the way that you look at them is they have a little icon on the bot and a little text, you know, paragraph is the description in these little squares. And, but when you get 50 of them stacked up, it becomes hard to find what it is that you want. So, so this, there's a guy that popped out on beta.lister.lol, the pleb AI gen image AI. This list contains all generative AI agents capable of generating images. So people are starting to now use Noster and Lister to make lists of the bots on Pleb AI and grouping them into different lists. You see where this is going? Because there was 51, 52 agents Nobody like you can go through it and go, I don't know what I'm looking for anymore, dude. This is killing me where I just want to make a picture. Well, now you can use, go to beta.lister.lol. Um, and well, you won't get to the actual pleb AI stuff, but because you need the NPUB, which just go to the show notes, you'll find it in there. Okay. <clears throat> and there's a little thing here for pleb AI on beta.lister.lol says, and I'll just read it for you. Pleb AI, the plebs version of chat GPT, Silicon Valley elites are pouring billions of dollars into building closed AI systems that can ingest all of our data, then scare politicians into creating regulations that install them as overlords. So this particular list has only AI bots capable of generating images. I presume that at one point or another, there may be another list of ones that do all just chat stuff. Maybe there will be like celebrity 
a list of just the celebrity agents of AI, but this one you can use Deliberate V2. Epic photos, colorful images, dark sushi mix, fashion model, gen animation, gen image AI, realistic Asians, mania hentai, uh-oh, south beauty, cartoon images, and low light photography. Now understand that these things may or may not be plugging in to general AI models. And if they are, and you're wanting to produce something illegal, you may not get it. And if they aren't, you may produce something that is highly illegal and well, accidents do happen. So just be aware. But at this point, Pleb AI has gained so much traction that now you have secondary effects. Other people are going, we've got to, we've got to group these. And I'll bet you that Pleb AI starts looking at this and starts going, we need to use this list that was made by this guy on Lister and start revamping our head page on our website so that people can easily identify all these different bots. And you know what this sounds like? Data vending machines, which I haven't mentioned in a long time. Pablo, F7Z, please, for the love of God, if you're listening, give us another dose of data vending machines. Not by making a new one, just say something about it to get people back into the whole data vending machine thing. This thing, all these things are blowing up. This is one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. Everybody is not looking at the price because their heads are down and they're building shit. And yes, it's a meme, but in the bear markets, we build. That's just what we do. Now, is there anything else? I do believe that we've got it all hammered out for the morning. That is going to do it for the morning roundup. Tuesday, Dad says jokes day. I opened my birthday card and loads of rice fell out. I knew right away it was sent from my Uncle Ben. (laughs) All right, all right. We got a song. I got a song up for you today. We're going to do this one. Hold on for a second. Let me make sure that the people over on Zap.Stream can see it. Let's see. Let's make sure that we're going to be able to do this one. I believe I got it all set up. So it is. Oh, shit. I forgot to actually get the name of the damn song. It's down here, down here somewhere. Unless it's, oh, shit. I'll bet it's changed. I'll bet it is. Yeah. Oh, for God's sakes. Well, I'll tell you after the song. Hit it. Destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. That line in the Constitution is being carried out by Bitcoin. Not by guns, not by militia, not by so-called domestic violent extremists. It is a silent revolution.
All right. That was uh, Rules Without Rulers from some dude named Richard. Actually, all he's got up there is Richard. So it's one of those things where you're like Prince or Madonna. It's Richard. Maybe we should just say Dick. Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, Wave Lake. Go over to Wave Lake and support the Wave Lake guys and support the guys that are over there making music and uploading it for you. Because without these guys, without actually, honestly, without all of us, we don't have a hope to break the back of the legacy, anything. It's all, it's all melted together in some weird alloy, legacy financial system, legacy Hollywood, legacy music industry, legacy, everything. It's all like it's been in a high temperature cauldron and has just bubbled together and melted. Uh, You can't pull you can't pull one of it out without getting a whole bunch of the other. So we need a completely, we, we have, and we need a completely new paradigm. And, and we're doing it with things like Noster, with things like Bitcoin, with things like the lightning network. Oh my God. I for, totally forgot about the, the, uh, the thing about the lightning network. Oh, can I even remember what it is? Uh, oh yes. The report. I will bring that to you yesterday. I don't know why it wasn't up here today, but I'll give you a teaser. Since its inception, or for over the last two years, according to this report that was done by River Financial, over the last two years, the Lightning Network has grown 1,212%. Two years, 1,212%. You chew on that one. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.